Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the world's greatest podcast. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, boy. Yes, we're back with another transfer podcast. And yes, there's been some dealings since last week. We've had a few done deals and a few we're going to get into. But Stan, it's it's very rare at the moment we start with Man United news. So we will start with that for you. You've got a player that I quite like, Malasia. So everyone can stop pronouncing it, Malasia. <laughs> Every fucking Jerno I've heard pronounces it like that. And he's he's really good. But I'm excited to hear what you think about him. Uh, I don't really know a lot. I know we've been, uh, I've, I've seen his link with him before. Uh, and I know that Ten Hag wanted to sign him for Ajax, but Feyenoord weren't. Weren't interested, obviously, with that rivalry between them. That was never going to happen. So, um, yeah, he's, he's he agreed a deal with well, or Feyenoord, should I say, agreed a deal with um, with Leon uh, for thirteen million plus two in add-ons, I think, uh, and that was pretty much in the eleventh hour, should we say, about to sign the dotted line and. And United have come in and, and offered 15 plus two. So they've upped it by two million up front and kept that two million pounds add-ons, which for me is, a, is the way to do it for United with United taxes to maybe just wait until clubs without our name agree a, a fee with, with these other teams and then maybe jump in and gazump it by, by a few million. And then the other team accepts a normal uh, fee instead of a, an inflated United transfer fee. But in terms of the player... I don't really know much. I know obviously he's 22 years old. He's very much a left back. He's not really played anywhere else, but he has played uh, over 100 appearances for for uh, in, in his career so far, which is really good, obviously, for a 22 year old. So experienced for his age, but still, you know, a big step up to come to United. Although uh, I still do expect Luke Shaw to be United's first choice left back next season. But it's always nice to uh, improve the squad where you can, and especially for. Thirteen million pounds or whatever the equivalency is. Even if it goes wrong, you'll probably recoup that anyway. It's a very low risk and hopefully a very smart signing by the bald Neek. It's the side of the pitch I would have thought United would have not improved. Um, well, I do agree with some though saying any any squad player is good and um, you definitely need an improvement in backup. Where if Shaw is still a star, which I imagine he is, but I'd have thought you'd have gone for a right back. Um, this window I mean I, I don't know if there's been too many links um, I don't really know I've seen that much but yeah that's the position for me I think especially with the way Tenag is going to change the style of football you're going to start playing we already seen wan kind of drop out of the team last year I just don't think you're good enough in that area with wan and Dallow at the moment it's it's not strong enough um, and I wonder if you do sign someone this summer in that position um, I can't see it now. Um, I do think Timber was the first choice for um, for a defender, but uh, that seemed actually very likely until uh, Mr. Louis Van Gaal got involved and pretty much said, um, if you're not playing every week, uh, you won't be going to the World Cup, which is the message apparently he said across the board to all these players, all the Dutch players. Um, and Timbers kind of judged it by saying he thinks he's going to play more often at Ajax and United, which for me isn't the best message to be sending to, out to you know top clubs if you don't think you can back yourself to either get over 
um, you know, Varane, Varane who's hardly ever fit, Maguire who's had a very poor season, or like you say, Dallow or Wambasaka in that right back position, which he has played for Ajax. Uh, you know, back yourself to to come in and play under under the gaffer who's made you, and he's going to start you every week. And uh, you know, whatever that's up, that's that's up to him. But I think maybe uh, Malasia was was one of those where. United maybe were keeping their eye on it and then when they saw that Leon had sorted it for, you know, uh, such a low fee in terms of, you know, other signings that United have made and could have made, it was probably one of those no-brainers where they thought, let's just go and get him now rather than in two or three years, United go and get him for 50 million, which is which tends to be the case. We tend to let players go to a side first for 15, 20 million and then end up getting quoted 60, 70 three years later. So I think it's probably better for United to maybe cut that middleman out and uh, start being a little smarter with the money, which we definitely haven't been. Anyone in the um, the academy team maybe that we could see a right back this year, I or, um, or anyone in preference of Dallo versus Wan-Bissaka you're playing Midwest yeah. and Hargis trying to do. Um, I don't really know who's start for you at this point. Um it's a difficult one, really. I mean, uh, I mean, in terms of right backs, we got Ethan Laird, who had a really good loan at MK Dons, and then Swansea. Uh, he did so well at Swansea that Scott Parker actually picked him up in January and took him over to Bournemouth, but he didn't really hit the ground running there at all, and, and actually hardly played. Um, so he, he's a player that you know, you know, I think he's about twenty twenty one. So you know, depending on how he does pre season, and obviously we've got Brandon Williams who. You know, given the circumstances, had a very good season at um, at Norwich. I think only Pucky won more Player of the Month than him, which you know, for a left back on loan from United at a club that were pretty much twentieth all season, is is you know, for him personally, that that's good. So he's right footed. Could he play right back? I don't think so. I think United will look to cash in on him. Uh, and Wamba Saka, I think, is is a sellable asset. I know, obviously, people. I like to laugh at his playing style and obviously was he worth 45, 50 million? No, he probably wasn't. But um, I know that Everton and Crystal Palace are both interested in him. And uh, I think United that's a player that United could probably sell for 20, 25 million considering the fact he's still only 24, 25. And, and obviously he's got that English tax on top of that. And he has proven in the Premier League and I think at a lower club he, he would do better. Maybe one that's not expected to dominate higher up the pitch and maybe do a bit more defensively it'd be fine so yeah Dallow and maybe Ethan Laird but yeah it's, I'd agree it's definitely the weaker side out of the two even without signing Malassia I think I do agree I think if we were going to sign somebody or sign a fullback it had to be on the right hand side but um, yeah we'll see Dallow it's, it's a new manager and there's always some players with new managers that do really well and, and that could be Ethan Laird could come out of nowhere or somebody like Dallow might fit really perfectly into this system and improves 15-20% which will be enough for us for 12 months until maybe we go and sign Timber or whoever you know somebody else comes through but um, I can't see us buying another another fullback now anyway maybe somebody like that Lissandro Martinez who, who you know is a man of many many trades can play wherever but um, yeah left back it's a chosen one so Luke Shaw best stop going to Tim Hortons and uh, get on the treadmill yeah but yeah you, you mentioned earlier about United missing out of the middle man for anyone who doesn't know Molassi has come out of the Feyenoord Academy he can play left back left wing back so can play in a free back system as well Ten Hag might implement that down the road 
But a guy that came through Leeds' academy, Calvin Phillips, he's left his boy or club to join Manchester City. We're sticking in Manchester. Jim, are you buzzing with the signing? Well, I think we spoke about um, City losing Jamaica's best player, Raheem Sterling. Um, the only way you can replace him is to sign Jamaica's second best player, Calvin Phillips. So, pretty, pretty good for my eyes. And um, transfer policy this window seems to be to sign players born in Leeds. Um but yeah, I think it's not it's not confirmed it yet, but I mean it's one of them where you we kind of just waiting for it to happen like a few more we're gonna speak about today. Um I think really smart signing from City, um, especially at the price. I think Leeds would have probably hoped for more from Phillips um price wise after that World Cup and the season that he used before that. I think it's a position that City needed to have more numbers in. Uh, not necessarily a starter with Gundogan still in the team and Bernardo obviously midfield with Rodri as well and De Bruyne obviously but with Fernandinho leaving um, and Gundogan hasn't played that sixth role for maybe since the Champions League final which is probably a good thing for City because that was a downfall I mean they don't have a player who can come in there if Rodri gets an injury or obviously can't play every game can he and Gundogan can't play every game we've had injuries in the past so it's good for numbers um, and especially next season when we can get five subs um, he's a high energy player I feel like he might be more of a he, he could play in the six or he could play in the kind of the eight role that Gundogan is maybe he can learn off Gundogan how to arrive in the box better and maybe add goals to his game but yeah I mean another good English signing and which Pepper's done quite a lot of since he's this is John Manchester, and I think that's really important because we've always had a good English core for the past five years and obviously you lose Sterling, but we still put another English player in there. And Yeah, excited to watch him play. Um, I don't know what else to say about him. I, was, yeah. I, 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 think, I think it's a really smart signing for the money. I mean, you can't really go wrong with what we're paying. I mean, yeah. we're selling Jesus for more than that who's got a year left in his contract and I would have thought that Calum Phillips would have been worth more, but maybe not. Yeah, it's true. And I just think it, like you said, it's very smart business. It's very streetwise from City this year, which perhaps they haven't been in the past with with certain things. And I think people are looking into this a bit too much, thinking it's a Bernardo Silva replacement. Like you just said that, I think it's definitely a Fernandinho replacement. And I don't think it's a, a light for light for Bernardo. But Stan, Calvin Phillips, for that price, like we've just said then, is great business. But do you think he comes into City and he gets a lot of footy or do you think he plays probably as many games as Fernandinho did? <coughs> no, he'll, he'll play more than Fernandinho did. Um, he'll still play a lot. City will be, I mean, they are always involved across four competitions, more often than not anyway. So you are talking 55 to 60 games and, and even if he plays half of that, you're talking maybe up to 30 appearances, which you can't really moan at, especially in a in a in a squad in a midfield as, as stacked as cities, uh, you'd be happy with that. I mean, I know there's an obsession these days with, you know, when somebody signs, yeah, but does he get talk sport are very good at it? Yeah, but where does he play? Well, there's 50, 60 games in a season. You don't only have 11 players and, you know, it's like FIFA where you just sim every game with 11 players. It, it doesn't work like that. So I do think it's a smart signing. I mean, Fernandinho out and Calvin Phillips in for, for 40, 42 million or whatever it can go up to is is a very good, very good uh, signing. I really like Calvin Phillips. I've liked him ever since I, I randomly turned the championship on one day and, and Leeds were playing and, 
obviously he was getting the Yorkshire Perlow chance and taking set pieces as well. I think people forget that he can put a good corner in, a good set piece. And yeah, really dogged midfielder who was the metronome for Bielsa's side in the Championship and coming up in, in the Premier League. And City definitely weren't the only top team that uh, wanted him. Obviously, United were in for him. Uh, as well so the, there's a reason why that these top clubs want him I think he's he is versatile and, and he is a guy that you know if Bielsa trusts you to be the number six in a team that completely relies on that six to you know do what he needs to do for it to work then uh, you're not a bad player and obviously I'm sure Guardiola's taken something from that with being a Bielsa disciple himself or uh, a love child of Bielsa and Cruyff, uh, should we say, which would be a weird-looking kid, which explains a lot, actually. Um, then, yeah, no, it, it's, a good, it's, it's a good signing for City. You can't really, you can't really moan too much at all. Yeah, well, but Pep will probably be hoping that um, he's not like the last Bielsa player that he signed, um, because if anyone's read Pep Confidential, which is just some like thought class someone's done any time at Bayern. He signed Javi Martinez from uh, Bilbao. Um, basically asked to play like a different sport under Pep is what this paragraph was. This like chapter was pretty much saying and he was doing training drills and Javi Martinez was in the wrong position all the time because he was doing what Bielsa wanted him to do. He was, he was like marking the man and stuff. Um, he wanted mm. to mark the space under Guardiola and he was just like, no one enjoyed the time because he was doing 45-minute training sessions getting nowhere because Pep was stopping every single time saying Martinez is out of position. <laughs> so yeah. there could be some teething problems maybe because it's a massive... It's, it's two yeah. different yeah. styles, although they respect each other a lot. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot yeah, to learn. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's definitely two sides of the same coin, isn't it? And like you say, Bielsa's very much 11 v 11 uh, man-marking kind of system where, like you say, Guardiola's one of them where... Uh, wherever he's been the training ground has had shitloads of chalk all over it with markings where players should be stood and you don't go outside this when we're you know 18 20 yards from the opponent's goal this is your area uh, kind of thing so yeah maybe some teething problems but like I say is it's not like it's 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 a massive midfield signing where you're going to go right this guy needs to go straight in city can afford to have those teething problems because i think yeah. even if they weren't those teething problems he's not going to go and start over rodri anyway so it is it's fine yeah, it, it can be eased in and i think for the player as well i think it, i think there is a, um, a a case to be said that if you play for a top 6 team or a bigger team then you're more likely to get paid for world cup games i just think that that has tended to happen in the past. And um, I think Callum Phillips is probably one of them players who was really important for England's Euro run to the final. One of our better players, but you can kind of see him being pushed out of that team with Rice surpassing him now. I, would, I think everyone would agree. Um, and Jude Bellingham uh, getting better and better as, as the days goes on. So Phillips will be open that move. Makes him more of a, a in contention to start for England. But Cook, a nice segue from one Leeds man leaving for maybe not enough money the Leeds fans might think or might not think Mr Rafinha um, we, do we even know where he's going now because I mean he was going to Chelsea and now today he's going to Barca he was going to Arsenal he was going to Tottenham are we just going to split him up like Exodia the Yu-Gi-Oh card and just put him in four <laughs> teams maybe I mean I mean, I, I, I wasn't a Yu-Gi-Oh fan <laughs> but I mean we could, have, we could have shared custody of him maybe um, Barson can have him on the weekdays. There's <laughs> <laughs> no football. Hello. <laughs> training. Yeah. Um, yeah I've got a question. Maybe. So the reports at the minute is that 
he's chosen Chelsea over Tottenham. Um, Arsenal originally originally linked, but he's also not going there now. And Barca are trying to steal him off Chelsea. If that's if you can keep up with this storyline. Yeah. So yeah. So Fabrizio and a couple of Chelsea journalists, I've been trying to keep up with with obviously the transfer and. It's, it's basically, Barcelona is first choice. He's a South American kid. They, Real Madrid and Barca is all they know, really, outside their own league. And and I, that's okay. Uh, and I think he would come to Chelsea. I think they're his top English choice. But like I said, Barca and Madrid, for some players, are just like like the holy grail for him. And it's... it's <laughs> I understand it from that perspective anyway, but where are they getting this money from? Are they? Are they? Because Leeds, the, a big thing for Arsenal was they had a bid set in. I think three installments over across three transfer windows, so summer, January, summer, and we're offering fifty-five million up front plus five million and five million in two more installments, and that's a big thing for Leeds because they've got transfer targets and they need to go and get them fast. But like I said, Jim, I don't know where Barca are getting this money from because they're signing Lewandowski. They still can't register Frank Kessier or Andreas Christensen. But you'd be yeah. a fool to accept installments from Barca at the minute. Um, oh yeah, they still owe Liverpool money for yeah, Coutinho. <laughs> very firmly put them put down with the Lewandowski saga and said, "You're out paid up for now. You don't have to stop because we just don't trust you to pay installments." And I think that's the cleverest thing a club can do. But from a Chelsea perspective, if you were to miss out on it, uh, like how good would you be? Like, is he? How much do you rate him? Like. Which we would have loved him at Chelsea next season as a starter. I I really like the player, and if we don't get him, I, I won't be gutted, but I'll be I'll be quite disappointed because I feel like under Thomas Tuchel he could have improved a, a lot. I feel like under Klopp he could have improved a lot. The same with Pep if he'd have gone to any of them three managers in the league. I think they would have taken him to the next level, and that's why I hope he chooses us because I, I think he'll play he'll play a lot because there's a reason why he's he's coming in and people are saying, oh, he'll get played as a wing-back. Sometimes, yeah, if you join, sometimes he'll probably play as a wing-back. He did that for Leeds and he's got that defensive side of him and his press is one of the best in the league for a player in the front three. But I'll, I will be, ups- I'll be upset to a point, but I'm sure I'll get over it because if you're asking me who would have want more, Sterling or Rafinha, I'd want Sterling because he can come in now and make more of an impact on our team. But I would want both. I know that's really greedy, but I want both. Yeah, there's a, a realistic case, option we can get both. Yeah, it's just a case of because I don't really see the report saying it's like an alternative to Sterling. That seems to be happening anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, it looks like Chelsea going for a, a completely new looking attack um, again after going for a completely new one last season. Like, where do you stand on that? Do you think it's about time you had something set up, um, or are you kind of enjoying just signing new players? And it's, it's quite fun, isn't it? Yeah, it is fun it is, it is fun and I can't lie and like you just said then a couple of years ago we signed like seven or eight in one window and nine months later won the Europe, won the Champions League and it is it is so fun but you also do want that stability but with Petr and Marina Granovskaya leaving two big people on our our board and our hierarchy Thomas Tuchel's taking more of a hands-on approach for example Czech and Marina wanted to keep Lukaku for one more year and just try and make a go of it Todd Bowley and Tuchel, asked Tuchel, what, what do you want? He said, I don't want him. Right, straight away, he's gone. He's, he's gone. And that's what you want. You want that. And Hakim Ziyech is another player that's going out the door as well. It looks like he's going to go to AC Milan. So it looks like Sterling's going to take his, his position. And then 
there's plenty of rumours regarding Christian Pulisic and Timo Werner being offered in a make-weight deal with money for Matthias Delict. Apparently, they like both players, but they prefer Pulisic to uh, to Werner. But I, I'd be upset if we got rid of two of those players. But it's five subs next year. Why why can't we just let Ziyech go, let Lukaku go, and then we'll get two wingers and play Havertz through the middle? Yeah, and um, there's some reports about the aforementioned um, Big Dick Todd, um, a friend of the podcast. I'd like to say at this point, yeah, he, he wants to he wants he, want, he wants to um, incorporate more trades into what he would call soccer. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you think about that, but I think it's quite exciting. I mean, I like a trade it. a trade deal is, like just never happens when you see it like rumors like oh we're going to trade such and such for like this player. It's like we're going to offer this for this player. It just never <laughs> happens. Oh, I'd love but it. I mean. Trade deals could be exciting. I mean, Lad, I love that. Do it, do it. No. What was it? What was it called on Ultimate Team? <laughs> you know, what you uh, offer players. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean <sighs> it's not just called like a trade or something. Like, I think it was called a trade training? offer. Was it just called a trade? Yeah, offer? trade offer. Yeah, trade offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trade yeah. Offer, yeah. yeah but I, I'd love, I'd love to see it. I mean, one thing that Chelsea's got—it's sellable assets in in abundance. We we had forty odd players out on loan last year. Trade away for me, <laughs> especially because you can only loan eight players. I think it is, um, is it in Europe next year or something? They've reduced loan rules or something, but it means we have to operate in a different way. But trading, I'm definitely all for it, 100%. So yeah, just last thing on Rafinha, just before we move into our last transfer story of the episode, Fabrizio Romano's just tweeted saying, Chelsea waiting for Rafinha's answer. Been told his agent Deco, former Chelsea player, but he has more allegiances to Barcelona. As a direct talk with Chelsea scheduled tomorrow, talks are still on after agreement with Leeds reached £60 million. Barca and Arsenal will try until the end. Arsenal, come on. <laughs> and a reminder, Barca agreed terms, terms with Deco four months ago. So it's a big day tomorrow. Usman Dembele's contract stand expires. And is this, lastly, a bluff, Rafinha? Is it all a big bluff to get Dembele to sign? No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think there's any reason why Barca should be going um, you know I mean because of the money like where's the money I suppose so but I mean there's going to be money coming in from De Jong uh, which is if we're led to believe 56 million although that's in instalments but they can still write on the Right on their accounts, I'm sure 56 million they won't mind doing that so there is going to be some money coming in that way and you know, there's no reason for them to be fighting so hard to keep Dembele that they're going to be playing, uh, you know, bluff games and all this sort of nonsense to uh, to try and make him sign on the dotted line. When I mean, I know Dembele is a brilliant player, but in terms of availability and things like that, is Rafinha even a downgrade, if at all, in terms of what he could offer and the fact that he's probably going to be available most weeks anyway, which. Availability is the best ability, cook. That's what they say. Um, it's no That's point true. having a guy who's twice the player of Rafinha but can only play ten times a season. I'd, I'd rather take the guy who's half as good but can play for me every week. So um, now nah, there's there's no reason. I, th- I do think Barca want him, and, and like you say, I think his first choice is is Barca, which. As you've also said with South American players, that that seems to be the case. So um, yeah. I do think Barca won him. I think they wanted him for a while. I think they're probably looking at him and, and Lewandowski, which I'm sure we'll speak about over the next few weeks because that one doesn't seem to be going away. I think they want them to, to you know, uh, reinvigorate and, and rebuild their attack with for next season. 
Yeah. And then last, just very last thing before we move on to Newcastle's latest signing. So we've obviously spoken uh, about Rafinha and him coming straight into to that. A big thing we were saying, Stan and Jim, was about Leeds wanting that money up front to reinvest and they'll need that to happen pretty quick, won't they? Well, yeah, definitely because they're losing two big players. So they're going to need to spend... Probably the two best. Yeah, 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 definitely the two best. The manager that's not been in the Premier League long is the team that has only just stayed up with them players, although Comforts wasn't available for a large part of the season. Yeah, that's true. Rafinha, sure was. He almost dragged him to um, safety. Um, I I know Brendan Aronson, who we have spoken about on the podcast before, is maybe on his way there. I don't know if that's... Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he's already done. That's, that's done. There you go. And uh, the American Charles Charles de Ketelet, somebody from Club Brugge, some uh, young oh, 20, yeah, yeah. 20, 20, 21 year old. He's supposed that's... to be going for 30 million or something, I did see. So, Mark Rocker, who is he from Bayern? Yeah, he's he's just on right. well, centre midfield. Right, yeah, he, well, he was at Espanyol. He was. Um, he was very sought after, if I remember, and he did end up going to Bayern and didn't do anything. So that is uh, that's that's a like and like replacement for Calvin Phillips, and I assume he'll play in the same position in the, in front of the defence. Very deep line playmaker, to be fair, classic Spanish deep line midfielder. So yeah, yeah, there we go. <clears throat> yeah, and then one South American to another, Jim. The big report is if Chelsea do miss out on Rafinha, they're gonna try the best to get Neymar on loan. <laughs> Well, I can so, oh, for your sake, for my sake, I'd love it to happen because I think it'd, so be, I. it'd be a fun so ride for me. And but, me. I mean, if I was you, Cook, I wouldn't be excited about this signing as oh, too much. He, he, I feel like Neymar at this point, um, <laughs> ability-wise, one of the best players we've seen in like this generation. Uh, his time at Barca, probably the, the one behind. Um, Messi Ronaldo for me, but he, he at this point more hassle than he's worth. He's almost we've almost got rid of Pogba and brought in another one in the Premier League. I think I think it's a, a not a clever signing for a team oh, no, that is um, looking not, to um, revamp his attack. No, it's not. It's not a. Uh, it's, it's definitely not sensible. But standard. If you saw what Thiago Silva said the other day, there's no smoke without fire. What's he saying that for? Why? Well, what did he say? Glad. He was basically saying that if there's an option to leave PSG, he needs to join Chelsea. It's the best thing for him at this point in his career. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it's sorry, Jim, go on. I've heard, and I don't know how true this is, but it's just this is basically not me reading it. This is just like I've heard of someone. So I don't know if I should bring this to the podcast, but I've heard that Neymar, apparently, if he stays, no, this is what Sky was reporting, actually. If he stays at Barca, no, at PSG, past next Friday or past this Friday, past a certain date, they have to offer him a five-year contract because when he signed, it was like some yeah, like massive 10-year yeah. contract. So they're yeah. going to owe him like 600 grand a week for the next five years if he doesn't move within the next two weeks or something like that. Yeah, which, I've it, seen which, that. If you're Neymar and he doesn't like playing football anyway, that's obvious. He just likes going to carnivals. Just fucking stay at <laughs> PSG. You're guaranteed money to play, kick a ball ever again. Yeah. Is carnivals is carnivals cold for incest by any chance? Oh, Allegedly. Anyway, oh, um, no, I mean a little segue into the next one. He could go to Newcastle and he could rename <laughs> themselves. They could rename themselves Naycastle, and uh, 
call themselves Naycastle and wear a Saudi Arabia kit because why not? If he's just keep selling out, why not? It doesn't matter. Do, do anything for an energy drink, but these. Hey, uh, Oh, I nearly you know called them Mackins. You know Sorry. what they say then? If you, if you don't sell out, people will think no one asked you to. Hey, if you, hey, if you can't beat them, <laughs> join them. I, I, I don't blame them at all. But um, moving, swiftly, moving swiftly on from incest <gasps> all the way up to the northeast of the country. Um, it's not that far off, really. Well, no comment. Sven Botman, um, Cook, Lille. And I know you, you're partial to a bit of French football on a Sunday mm. night. Um, obviously Sven Botman left young Ajax Eric Ten Hag let him go to Lille and uh, he won the, won the league in his first season I believe next to Jose Font uh, ex-Southampton to, to all those Premier League uh, stalwarts that remember that great Southampton side um, so yeah talk, 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 us, talk us through what we can expect from uh, Mr Botman you're going to you're going to experience Barclays fans a guy that's very silky and saucy on the ball He's pretty fucking slow, but his, his positioning defo makes up for that. He's he's two steps ahead in his in his head because he's, of his pace or the lack thereof, should I say? His positioning is it's class and it's a massive upgrade for these. He comes in and immediately becomes their best defender. I know it's not hard because as we've spoken about on this podcast, a lot of them are championship level: Jamal Lascelles, Kieran Clark, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But he's a very good ball-playing centre-back. And I think if you can get someone with legs around him, because he can play in a back two and a back three, I think you've got a very good... Well, you've got Dan Byrne there at the moment, two left-footed centre-backs. I know that cringy stand. I've just seen you wince. I knew you'd hate that. I knew you'd hate that. But yeah, what do you think about that? No, it's it's horrible. Unless unless they're going to go <laughs> to a, a, back, a back three... I mean, they're going to have to become my number one team to hate next season if they're starting every week with two left-footed centre-backs. And they will see why it's something that's never been done in, in football. There's no team, I can't even think of a team, never mind a successful team, that's fielded two left-footed centre-backs. It's just, it's just awkward. Yeah, play that game in the just, yeah not, not very often, though. Not, not often. Not very often. But... Um, yeah, it's it's very rare. It's very rare that that would ever happen, and especially for a consistent period of time. It's just no. It's just awkward. It's it's it's. You can get away with two right footers, uh, but two left footers is just something about it that just makes it no. Just it's just not nice. And the last time a stem was in England, it shagged the cheeky girls. Wow. Allegedly. Yeah. That was he is a cheeky boy, Sven. He's <laughs> a cheeky boy. Good to have a Sven back in the pro, I say. That might be the title. <laughs> Sven <laughs> is a cheeky boy. <laughs> so we'll finish off this uh, transfer. I would say special, but we are going to be doing this throughout the off season. Uh, we're going to do it with an 11 of all. We did it last week. And as you know, it's got to be relevant to something that we've spoken about on the show today. So what we are going to speak about is Deco now? You, you might be wondering why he's relevant. He is Rafinha's agent. Um, Rafinha's agent, Deco, the ex Porto, Chelsea, and Barcelona player. Um, his last game for Barcelona was in 2008 before Cook he joined Chelsea. There we go. So there we go. He brings it all perfectly round. So obviously, Deco's there. I want the other 10 Barcelona players from that day. They played Mallorca at the new Camp and they I'm lost 3-2. Well. 
So uh, uh, it was about I'll to be a lovely I... time for them, but it wasn't this day. And he actually I'll got go food off when he was subbed off. Uh, when he when he walked off at half time, uh, the fans made it pretty obvious that they didn't like Deco, and he came off at half time and never played again. There we go, Jim first. Yes, Valdez. Uh, uh, no. Fuck. Pinto. <laughs> Pinto. There we go. Back up, goalkeeper. Right. Messi's um, best friend, Jim. Back more yellow cards than appearances. Uh, uh, P.O. We all did start, yes. Yes. Stan, Stan, can I have the year again? Yeah, it's May 2008. Right. Brilliant time for United fans. We completed the... Pedro. No, he didn't play. Oh, I pulled it back. Um, Eric Abidal. Eric Abidal did play. Lovely. Oh, shit. (laughs) Danny Alves. He didn't. I think he was still at Sevilla at this point. Um. Then it must be, um, must be Gerard uh, PK. No, he was at United at this point. Yeah, that was a stupid guess. That I should have guessed. Well, Busquets. No, he hadn't come through at this All right. point. He David Villa. Fucking hell. No, he was still at Valencia. Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh my days. Um, Thierry Henry. The back. Thierry Henry. There we go. Think Champions League final, two thousand and nine, Rome. Oh, yeah, of course. Messi only. Leo Messi, there we go. The Gert. The other guy to complete the front three, a brilliant front three. The only man to win trebles in back-to-back seasons. Iniesta? No. No. He replaced Deco for the next season. Oh, I thought he would have played off the left. Who'd you say, Jim? Pedro. No, Cook's already said him. It kind of sounds... It kind of sounds like that name. That's why I asked you who. Oh, uh, right. My real guess is Yaya Torre. <laughs> Yaya Torre did play. Thank you. Um, right, so you've got oh, Messi, Sadio Keita. No, good guess, oh. but no. So you've got Messi, Henri, Yaya, Deco, obviously, Abidal, Puyol, and Pinto. So you've got uh, a defensive midfielder, a right-back, a centre-half, and one more forward. It's the other guy actually scored in Rome as well. It was 2-0. Messi scored the second one. This other guy scored the first. The only player to win trebles in back-to-back seasons. Part of a trade deal, should we say, in the Zlatan. 2008. Yes, put it the other person. Oh, Samuelito. Yeah, Samuelito. Lovely. Oh, shit, yeah. A bit of legend. Yeah. Um, so we're missing yeah. a centre-back and a right-back and a CDM. Yes. Centre-back has um, a son who plays in the Bundesliga at the other end of the pitch. Um, Turam. Yes, Lilian Turam. Brilliant, Jim. And right-back is uh, Italian. Oh, Zambrotta. Zambrotta, there we go. Uh, And the other guy, a little bit iffy, like defensive midfielder. Um, I can't even describe him. I think he was Brazilian. Half decent on pairs. Who? Cleverson? No, no, no. He didn't. After his time at United, he didn't end up at Barca, unfortunately for him. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll tell you who it was just so we don't run out of time. Yeah. And for anybody listening at home, it was Ed Nielsen. Oh. So there we go. That was that was the last of team. Of course, Ed Nielsen. There we go. I think he was Brazilian. Sure. Somebody will let me know if he wasn't. And there we go. That was it. What a wonderful team. 
Right, everyone, just as we're winding down, this is the part of the podcast where I can tell you where you can find everyone when we're not around. So if you want to follow us on our Twitter and our Instagram, you can do so by using the handle cookiepodcast1. That's cookiepodcast followed by the number one. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, and Amazon Podcasts. It's been episode 141 of the podcast, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. Civet. <laughs>